Hi, this is Ben from 561 Music Podcast. Right now, we're trying to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It just helps us get out there more. It also enables us to monetize the podcast, to make it better, do more advertising for it and things like that. Subscribe to the podcast and hit the notifications button. That would be doing us a really big favor. Thank you very much. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. And how are you, sir? I'm fantastic. We had a record launch this weekend. Yeah, we did, didn't we? It was a lot of fun. I, I had a blast. I'm not going to lie, I was a bit nervous, but I had a good time. No, it was terrible. I hated every minute of it. But no, it was good. I loved it. I loved it, and the shake was fantastic. I know, following the shake with our acoustic music was a bit uh, daunting to say the least. Little, yeah it was a little rough I mean I, I, I'm not going to lie you know the whole time I kept thinking man we should have gotten a crappier band but, <laughs> but uh, no those guys are awesome they're amazing every time I hear them they're better than the last time and they definitely set the stage for us yeah for sure I feel like going on tour it really kind of you know separates the sheep from the goats it, really, it takes you to that you, it, it either splits the band apart or it makes you exponentially better yeah you know? yeah and those guys are exponentially better now so yeah, yeah. for sure exactly and um the other thing is you know with those short shows they've got it dialed in how to do it and it, yeah. it's not something that we we rarely do a short show like that yeah so and also because we were playing the album and it start, starts with a slightly slower song it was like a it was a weird way to start yeah yeah it was it yeah, was yeah. but it was good man everybody liked it you know we we uh we were able to move some CDs and stuff, and then people yeah. were excited. You know, they're excited for the uh, for the streaming to come out, and they, we're getting some pre-orders for the album for the vinyl. So yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and because we played the whole album in order and videoed and recorded the whole thing, we've now got all that stuff, so we can make videos that we can make like music videos out of it. We can yep. you know release some live tunes and stuff like that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Good yeah. stuff, man. It's going to be great. Very excited about the whole thing, honestly. And the day before that, we were at Mega Malley's. We were. Which is always a good laugh. If you don't know about Mega Malley's in Melbourne, you're missing out. They do a soft... I've said this so many times on here. It's like, they should pay us. Um, they, do a, they do a soft-boiled um, scotch egg, which is just to die for. So good. You, yeah. you introduced me to scotch eggs last year, man. And I just... Every time we're there now, I have to get one. It's just yeah. so good. They're delicious. I don't, it's some kind of sorcery how they manage to keep it soft yeah. on the inside. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Uh, we have uh, Nate Ginnity with us today. How's it going, man? How you doing? Yeah, very well, very well. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. Yeah. It absolutely is. Um, we've never really had the chance to sit down and have a good chat, so this is a wonderful time to do so. And um, I think probably a great place to start was uh, is where did you grow up and what was the whole kind of situation when you were growing up in terms of were your parents supportive of music, stuff like that? Yeah, well, I grew up in Massachusetts. Right. I recently moved to Florida in 2016. And um, I think I grew up pretty lucky with a lot of music in my life. I remember, like, distinctly riding around in my dad's car, and he would put, like, Tony Bennett or Perry Como or some crooner on the cassette nice. tape. You know, nice. I'm probably dating myself. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he sang in church, so I sang in church with my three brothers. Yeah, great. Um, and then at home, we were kind of like the Von Trapp family. You know, my mom plays the fiddle. Oh, my wow. dad's a singer, like I mentioned. And then my other brothers play uh, piano and guitar, respectively. So the six of us, yeah, it's so just like the Von So you used to jam out at home? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That I'd is say, so cool. I used yeah. to do that with my, bro my brother and my sister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My whole family's pretty musical, too. Okay. And, and we... we we didn't necessarily have like a family band like that, but me and my brother and my sisters are jam a lot. It yeah. was a lot of fun. It's so fun, yeah. And yeah. again, to be able to just have that in the house is yeah. unreal, right? For sure. So what, something that I'm always curious about, um, because I know it helped me when I was young, is uh, do you think that um, the church and stuff like that, do you think um, kind of doing music in the church laid a sort of like a ground work for you to be a musician laid a kind of basis for that because i found that i learned a huge amount especially about singing mm. like that was where uh that was really where i learned to sing in harmony and stuff like that yeah 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 do you find that was useful for you as well yeah i think i mean i don't i think that probably constitutes my formal training in yeah. like singing period right just yeah. learning scales when you're a little kid in the choir yeah exactly. honestly that and it's it sets you up so well 
It I does. also came away with a huge affinity for the organ, right? Like a huge yeah. pipe organ, you know. It takes. I love that. Yeah, so absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I used to have these daydreams when I was uh, sitting in the pew there as a little lad that um, that, I'd, that I'd come up from. Uh, Come up from under the ground with dry ice coming around the organ and go, and I'd rock out. <laughs> I wanted to do that since I was like a little kid. I've still never have done it. We should do that sometime. <laughs> it's just a that'll just be a weird video for us, man. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> so, um, how did you learn how to play your uh, instruments? Did you have a? T- did you have a, any teachers? Yeah, when I was very young, I had to take piano lessons, and I wound up like. You know, what kids are, I kind of didn't like it. And yeah. later on in life, I really regretted, like, quitting because I had to reteach myself the piano, you know. It's such a useful instrument to know. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, actually, the guitar as well. I remember my older brother got a guitar for Christmas. Uh, he learned, like, one Pink Floyd song on it and then just kind of reconciled it to the, you know, under the bed. So yeah, I took yeah. it, and I started noodling around, and um, I was probably 13, Right. And uh, yeah, kind of struck up a love for it and an affinity for it. So that's, yeah, that's probably where I learned. Yeah. Yeah. It was around that age that I started getting into the guitar as well. That yeah. was about the age that my mum and dad got me a guitar after okay. me begging for years. But yeah. 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 So that was kind of part of that. When did you start playing your guitar? Uh, guitar was a while. I started playing bass in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think I picked up a guitar until well after that. Gotcha. And then just. But even, you know, but the guitar, I just noodle with. So, I mean. Right, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, I'm not yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't call myself a guitarist by any means. It was high, <laughs> high school bass? Yeah, I didn't pick up bass until probably my junior year of high school. Gotcha. Yeah. Was it kind of to join a band? Is that what um, yeah, I mean, I was playing, um, I was playing saxophone up until then in, uh, in and out of like jazz bands and stuff. And then I, I was playing a little bit of keyboard, um, again, just. That was like self-taught. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't take any piano lessons or anything. I was just playing. You know, I would listen to something and just figure out how to play it. Yeah. Um. And so I was playing some keyboards and stuff. Uh, buddy asked me to, to do a show with them, um, with their band. So I, you know, I. To be honest with you, I think it was the uh, the tell the the telltale story of, hey man, do you want to join our band? Yeah, yeah. Bring your PA. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I yeah I played a couple shows with them on keyboard. Um, we had a bass player and then a uh, bass player parted ways with us and I just took up bass and that's right just kind of where it happened. So, yeah. Yeah. so, um, when it comes to playing with other people and playing in bands outside of your family, were you doing that from an early age? Yeah. I, I must've been around the same time as I started learning guitar. I, I was a singer for a local screamo band, I was probably oh, right. again, I, That's like awesome. I kind of ahead of my time in terms of like proclivities. Really uh, fell in love with uh, hardcore punk and emo yeah. around that time in my adolescence. So yeah, I was a singer in that band until they kicked me out, uh, right. <laughs> as you know, as it'll happen. And then um, let's see, I had another band in college. We called ourselves the One Eight Nine Zero. We played like two shows, but I was also all the while doing a lot of like solo playing. Right, yeah. so I went to school in uh, upstate New York and. I started kind of cutting my teeth in that area. And then uh, when I graduated, you know, my career started in Hartford, Connecticut. So, again, the Northeast kind of making my way. Yeah. And then here and there, you know, if I brought in a friend to play some backup guitar, I just happened yeah. to have some really talented musician friends. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then when I came down to Florida, yeah, I was in a band called B-Side. We were right. mostly a cover band, um, but that's very popular around here. Yeah, it is. And Great uh, way to make money if you want to be a musician down here. Totally, totally. Yeah. But on the same token... Um, I had to leave that band because I was focusing on like my own music and I really mm-hmm. felt like I was blowing my voice out, you know, playing so many shows Saturdays, Fridays and well, you know, I hear my that. Own music, right? And actually our album launch, my voice was, you know, yeah. Thirty, forty percent gone from the wow. night before. Yeah. yeah. See, blew my voice are, out. You guys are busy, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean yeah. I, I really have a lot of respect for that, frankly, because I tried it and it's tough. It's not easy keeping that up, you know. No, I mean we don't do that thing that some bands do around here where they're playing, you know, five, six times a week. We we play, on on average, I play three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. And um, I say Hector plays, you play one or two times a week, don't you? Probably, probably average. Uh, twice, I would yeah, say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, rarely is it once. But I mean, yeah, but it, it's usually twice. Sometimes it's three, but most of the time it's twice. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so, good on you. Keep busy. I mean, that's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. I just like to try and pick up the odd, because uh, it's more of a, sort of central part of my income stream i try and pick up the odd solo gig as well you know right yeah yeah so um you've got a few releases up there um let's hear a little bit about this 2020 um release a leap of faith that's uh about the uh 
apparently there's a novel. Please just tell us all about it. Start from the beginning. Yes. It sounds fascinating. Yes. Well, I mean, y'all remember what 2020 was like. I mean, there was a lot of time inside. And um, I have kind of a rudimentary uh, digital four-track, eight-track thing set up. So I started working out some songs and recording, you know, layers, a rhythm guitar and a piano here and then a keyboard sure. there and then, you know, lead guitar, whatever. And I wound up really liking what I was coming up with. Um, on the at the same time, I was rereading uh, Dante's Purgatorio, and just really into Meatloaf. I've always loved Meatloaf, yeah, right? But like Bad Out of Hell. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I was just really on it. Yeah, you you and my wife are going like a house on fire. My wife is <laughs> head over heels in love with Meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> my wife too, actually. It must be a wife thing. Yeah, yeah. she loves Meatloaf. Um, so anyway, just due to all those influences and, and due to all the time that I had to myself, I wrote this little EP um, with this long narrative behind it. And uh, I was writing a novel concurrently. I'm still writing it. Never written anything prosaic like that before. So it's, yeah. I mean, it really is a labor of love. It takes a long time. I'm, for sure. I've, I've got a, now a half-written book that I haven't done anything with in like a year and a half. Yeah. Good. I mean, it takes time too. Yeah. yeah and if you yeah. get busy with other things, I'm a teacher full-time. And uh, right. I was telling Hector, my wife and I just had our first child. So, you know, things oh, are busy. Congratulations. And, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the novel's kind of a pause right now. Yeah, but sure, yeah. anyway, Leap of Faith was just born of opportunity, you know, just being... Um, being at a time when you just had to make your own fun, right? Yeah, I thought yeah. I could make something substantial that kind of spoke to the literature and the music that I love. So excellent, um, yeah. So in terms of the, the story, how 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 do you develop um, it, in terms of the the songs on the album? Is it something where it would be spoilers if you talk about that? Or no, um, I, I it's funny. Um, you know, the novel's not about me, but I styled some of the experiences of the protagonist after my own. And one of them that kind of gave me the whole idea was when I was living in Hartford, I one time accidentally found myself at a Hells Angels support motorcycle club headquarters. And I rode to <laughs> what I thought was a bike night. <laughs> yeah. And all these guys, I probably shouldn't oh, wow. say the name of the club, but um, yeah, yeah. they were all strapped and it was like very much one percenters. Yeah. So I wow. styled the Sensation Seekers after this club. And then I wrote the song Sensation Seeker. About oh, this cool. guy who is like an adrenaline junkie. His name's Zechariah. Anyway, that is probably too much spoiler, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> I've never said that much about it publicly. So it is in the works, and I'm really excited to um, to get it finished and then to see if anybody will publish it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm very impressed, man. That's super cool. Thanks. Um, you have a uh, 2018 uh, self-titled record, too. Is that the first thing that's out there that, you, that you've ever put out there? Yeah, um, the first thing that I went to a studio to record, everything else prior to that was always just, you know, demos in my house. Right. Um, and around the time when Reverb Nation was like a big, you know, yeah. that, right, that website right. was huge. Yeah, yeah. So for a long time, I was getting some traction there, and that was a good jumping off point to get gigs and whatever. But then I wanted to make something, you know, that was a product of my of my own design. So I collected I what I think were my 12 best songs at the time. And then went to record at Bunker Road Studios, right oh, in West Palm cool. Beach. Nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was fun. It was my first time in a studio like this. Yeah. Uh, and it was great fun to kind of lay it down and to work on it, and to finally, you know, get a chance to listen to it when it was streaming. So nice, man. Yeah. So this next one that comes out on December the twelfth, um, which is called uh, Lightyear, right? No, what's it called? It's called Buzz Lightyear. No, it's called Tread Lightly. Tread Lightly. Tread lightly. My phone turned it into Trees Lightyear. <laughs> is not that. I mean, it's not too late. I could change it. Tree, lightly. Trees Lightyear, man. I like it. I like yeah. it. That's our next Now album. you get royalties for that name. Thank you for that. <laughs> okay, so Tread Lightly. Cool. Yes. Good stuff. Um, so what's going on with this new record? Is it, um, does it sound similar to the stuff you've done in the past, or is it a different approach? I really think people are going to be surprised. Um, by the, the tone that this one takes on, it's uh, a lot less acoustic instruments, a lot more direct in a lot of heavy guitars, yeah. even some screen vocals mixed in there, hearkening cool. back to the old days before I became a washed-up hard carrot kid. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's very different. I really stepped out of my comfort zone for this one. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really interesting, actually. I'm looking forward to checking it out. It's December 12th, right? December 12th, it's out. Yeah, yep. nice. So how much do you get out there and gig these days how much are you doing stuff uh these days again with the with the baby at home he's a month old so not as much uh i'm really focusing right now on just kind of 
well, you know how it is. When you're a small band, you, you are your own social media guy. You're your yeah. own adver- adver- you yeah. know. Yeah. And so I'm focusing on kind of getting the record packaged in the right way. Yeah. My producer kind of showed me some ways to keep spacing and where all are you, that where crazy are you stuff. Producing this one. This was at uh, Bam Studios in Green Acres, Florida. Okay. So it's always in the always in the local area. I love like you know. Keeping it in Palm Beach County, it's, yeah, absolutely. we have yeah. a lot of people. You know, so we, do. People we do, we do, amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. with do. producers and musicians and likewise. So venues too. Absolutely. Now, when you are gigging, are you doing? Are you doing uh, just you know like a thirty-minute set or a forty-five-minute set of originals, or are you or are you playing like these three and four-hour gigs and mixing in covers? Yeah, that's exactly the yeah. latter of the two. I think the last time I played was at Skunk Warts Brewing, which is in Northwood Village, sure. yeah. and I, it must have been like a three-hour gig. Yeah, so uh, I snuck in. You know more originals than maybe the the crowd would have expected. I uh, love playing originals. I'll tell you, we we but, play originals, you know, quite a bit when we're playing. Yeah, out. and and you know, for a while it was like, oh, let's sneak one in here or there. But we're finding more and more often that people actually like it when we play our originals. So sometimes they seem to like it more. Yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah. I mean, we're almost to the point now where like you know, if we're doing three sets, like basically almost one full set is just originals. Yep. You know, yeah. yeah. And especially when we were warming up for this <clears throat> album launch, we just yeah. took the middle set and just played the album, you know, okay. and then that was the set, and then, you know, yeah. which is a quite a nice way of doing it. And then all of a sudden, you have like a million other songs you can pick from, is you know, because you haven't used you up haven't any used bangers. up anything, right. yeah. yeah. And yeah. you played it in order from start yeah. to finish. Yeah. See, I like that. That's pretty cool. I do like yeah. when bands play like the entire corpus because it's supposed to be in that track order, right? I mean, right, exactly. And the other thing, um, the, partly the, the reason I knew you would like that is because of this essentially concept album that you did this leap of faith album right. you know there's a certain mindset that certain people have where they like it like that you know yeah. if you're a certain type of writer you you know exactly you present this body of work exactly and you, it's meant to be digested in, the, in that way yeah. for sure right the other the other band i'm in with uh with justin our producer euphobia um you know we have we have a set of songs that uh that we're we're going to be working on here uh shortly hopefully and you know laying it down for uh, for an album and same thing we whenever we play it out we play it in in that exact order because it, it it's basically a concept album and it tells a story and if you don't play it in that order it, it doesn't make sense you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely we did a few um i think every well apart from one um all of the albums that I did with Sonic Boom 6 were in some way or other a concept album. Yeah. You know, there was definitely a theme for the album. We tried to make it all fit. It wasn't always completely literal, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't always like a linear story, but it was definitely a, all about the same thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and actually, maybe that would be a good way for us to approach the next Killbillies album is just have some kind of vague idea about what the whole thing is about and then just cut facets off it, you know? I want to do an album about my mom. <laughs> you know I'm down <laughs> awkward <laughs> well I just took a turn south <laughs> so back to date <laughs> yeah right so um, in terms of music what would you say um, some of the biggest influences um, musicians have been um, in your forging of your style is there anyone that you really love yeah, top band of all time, Hot Water Music of Gainesville, Hell Florida. Yeah, yep, yeah, man. absolutely positively. Uh, and actually, I was fortunate to meet Chuck after one of the fests yeah. uh, a couple of years back. I love that you're a punk rocker. Me too. Yeah, and honestly, again, it's like you know, my first two records are they're very acoustic driven and they're very you know melodic. And I think a lot of people don't know that I was reared on, like I said, heavy metal. And uh, I really do consider myself a washed up hardcore kid. Like, yeah. So those bands have always been up, um, you know, in, an, I don't know, at a high echelon for me. But recently for this stuff, I was listening to a lot of Moontooth and a lot of like Gojira and a lot of like really, really heavy, heavy right. bands just cool. to kind of get a sense of what that would what? So curious to wait, like to hear the the, the new album because I, I it just sounds like it's going to be in a whole new direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it speaks to like my own taste. So I will say the stuff that I play doesn't always represent the stuff that I grew up listening to and what I still love. Sure, right. and 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 it kind of segues into a question that um I would brought up to you earlier, which is um you know being from the hardcore scene and stuff like that, you might have a little bit more of a sort of nuanced answer to this, but I um. three years ago I stopped drinking got sober and it was quite it's been perhaps the biggest and most important decision in my life to change 
turned my life around, quite honestly. And I wondered, um, when it comes to sort of booze and alcohol and your and your music, how do they sort of have you? How do they do they intersect in any way? You, you know, how do you have to deal with that at gigs? Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of times, maybe you can agree here. Like when you're getting a paycheck from a venue, they're they're going to pay you in in a bar tab too, right? Yeah. So I felt sometimes, you know, wherever I was playing, especially the band, it's like you kind of have to. I don't know. It's like going to an, an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's like I got to make it worth my while here, yeah, right? And then all of a sudden, you're like ten deep, and it's a problem yeah, on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I do feel like that's a complicated relationship for sure. Because if you're playing in a bar again, like you know, it's part of the culture, and I think that maybe yeah. speaks to just alcohol culture in America. You know, yeah. I, in my family, we have a few alcoholics, and um, so you know, my we've, we've always been careful about that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I would definitely say you know when you're in a band, it's it's there in the temptation if you have some sort of you know problem or yeah, it, it can be a, it can be a bigger problem. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's interesting that you say that that you know it was it had been a thing in the family, and so you're aware of it. Yeah. I think that um, in the U.S. especially, there's there's an awareness of it and a little bit less, and it's it's a little bit more talked about, a little bit less shameful than it is yeah. in England. Huh. In England, it's like Right. Lately, it's got better, but it has been brushed under the carpet a little bit, you know, and and and, you know, people can be really shamed for it. And and I think that here it can be recognized that, oh, you know, we've got some alcoholics. In fact, probably should be careful. You know what I mean? And and I think that perhaps if, you know, if that had been a little bit more readily available, the knowledge of that when I was younger, things might have been a little bit different. I don't know. You know, maybe they wouldn't. But, you know, yeah. I just think it's good that it's all out. It's it's more out there, especially in Florida. We're yeah. in, like, the recovery capital of the planet. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, that's story. true. True story. That's true. It's funny. We, uh, we you know, Killbillies really doesn't, doesn't – uh, doesn't really get any gigs where, where they're paying us any kind of bar tabs or anything like that. Oh, okay. The three of us really just don't drink. I mean, Ben doesn't drink, and then James and I, by our own choice, just don't drink around mm-hmm. Ben. And so so we we don't drink at gigs, and, and it's kind of well known that we just don't. And so, um, you know, so we, when we get paid, we just get paid. Um, but there was a time I was in a Nirvana tribute band for a while, and, um, and you know, I mean, we were playing those kinds of gigs where you got X dollars plus, you know, right. X, you know, $50 bar tab or whatever whatever they were going to give you. Right. And uh, we played at this place. It's not, it's not there anymore. It was a place down in Delray called Juke Joint. And um, they gave us, you know, some sort of bar tab or whatever plus X dollars in pay. And it wasn't a lot. I mean, it wasn't a big show. So we weren't making – we were just getting going, and we weren't making a ton of money yet. And um, – the, the three of our wives, there's three of us in the band, and the three of our wives came and were sitting there and were, you know, drinking. Sure, sure. On the band, I guess, you know. Okay. And then came time to pay, and I asked for the check, and they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, oh, no, you actually owe us money. I'm like, what do you mean? We had a bar tab. We had money coming to us. And they're like, they're like your, your wives oh, drank. The ladies. <laughs> they yeah, drank through the bar tab. They drank through the bar tab. They drank through the paycheck. They drank through everything, and we still owed them money. It was, like, that so embarrassing. More than once, dude, yeah. <laughs> and um, that leads rather um, nicely into – Another question, which is, has anything really nuts ever happened to you at a gig? Uh, you know, I was thinking about this question, and the one instance that comes to my mind was I was playing at an Irish pub in downtown Hartford okay. called McKinnon's. I don't know if I can name drop here. McKinnon's. <laughs> um, and the XL Center is like a major arena just down the block from McKinnon's. So this night in particular, there were a lot of people in the pub. And a guy came up, and I thought he was going to tip me, uh, and he did. But he tipped me two tickets to a show that was coming up in the arena. Oh, cool. And it was Michael Buble. Ah. So I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Never in my life would I have, like, darkened the doorway. But I got yeah. two free tickets, so I went on a date, and it was awesome. I think that's probably the craziest thing that I can speak to that's happened to me, getting yeah. tipped two that's tickets great. to Michael Buble. The only ah, thing yeah, that could have made the story better was if Michael Buble Himself. had actually given you two <laughs> tickets to see Michael hey, Buble. Kid. <laughs> hey, kid, come see my show later. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. I love that. So when it comes to um, we we touched on it earlier, but I wonder if you have any sort of pearls of wisdom on the subject. When it comes to like the social media aspect of um, being an artist, um, so you're are you you're doing all of that yourself, are you? And um, what does that entail for you? Like, how much are you sort of putting into that? Like, you know, a week of it. You know, what are you doing? Well, one thing that I've learned not to do is to chase like 
analytics. You know, I, I think yeah. that that is a very slippery slope where you're like, how many people are streaming? And on Spotify, too, if you have Spotify for Artists, the app, it tells you, like, the demographic in very specific yeah, don't detail. I don't know it. I, I sometimes get obsessed with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's real easy to get obsessed with this. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. this random person is listening in Jupiter, Florida right now, or like New Haven. Hmm, I, have, I have a friend in New Haven. I wonder if that's he listening to my song out there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's easy to get caught up in that kind of stuff, but I do find it fascinating, too. Um, so I've been working on this one, especially on how to get things properly spaced and to just make sure things are synced. Yeah. I don't really use a lot of social media. I have Instagram. Yeah. Um, and then I have a blog. And you have a blog. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's kind of an old school thing that musicians should – it helps for uh, yeah. sure. It's like when zines. Remember like paper zines? I basically zines, use right? my Facebook page for that. I just go right. on with myself on my Facebook page. For yeah. Yeah, the yeah. truth is if you, have, uh, if you have a website and the website yeah. has the blog on it right. um, and, you, and you post regularly – Whatever that means. I don't know if regularly is once every six months or once every six days or once every six hours, you know, whatever it is. Right. But if you post regularly on there, um, supposedly uh, the powers of B say that, uh, that that immensely helps the SEO for that page um, and, and you come up higher in searches because now it's not just – those keywords that you have on your website, you now have those keywords plus all the keywords that are in the blog that you just wrote. And then yeah. all the keywords in the next blog you wrote and all the keywords in the next blog. And, and the bots and stuff, the Google bots and whatever that index these pages, once they index the page, if there's no real major change to the page, it just kind of sits stagnant. Whereas if there are pages in constant flux and changing, mm-hmm. i.e. a blog, um, it's constantly web crawling and boosting the SEO. Just a little little nugget of wisdom that I is, thought yeah. I'd just drop there on you. Great advice. Thank you. <laughs> wow. It's good to know. I guess we should do that. Um, Damn it. Or, or now he's going to make me blog. Or, yeah. ask, or ask Danielle. To do <laughs> yeah. We have a lady who helps us with our social media, does our social media. We pay her. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It just works so well. She's super cool. Yeah. Big up, Danielle. Yep. Uh, um, but yeah, so uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is when it comes to uh, – promoting the album getting on playlists all that kind of thing have you got some kind of strategy for for that when this thing comes out are you gonna are you gonna be sort of submitting it and stuff like that yeah i have a couple of publications um that are at least interested in doing a record review nice um this has been really cool to be here yeah and then obviously pounding the pavement and trying to play shows uh one of the other things of course about being a solo musician is like that is also part of your job is you are your own booking agent yeah so i had a tour manager um at the tail end right rather before the pandemic started and it was like man alive i can see why people pay for this service right yeah really. so much easier yeah and then yeah. by the way you know maybe hopefully you can't speak to this too much but how many times have i reached out to like a venue and they've just like ghosted me entirely, like never oh, yeah. got back to you. It's like so disheartening. I would so. say it happens more often than it doesn't happen, you know? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's just seeing as how it is. And now I've been on the other end of it and been, um, you know, booking for a venue. Yeah. And it's just because you get inundated. Okay. And, you know, I'll do things like, I'll say, oh, yeah, I'll get right back to you. I don't get back to the point for like two months because, like, it's like, you know, right. 20 other people and you, you get you forget, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. difficult to stay on top of that stuff. So right. now I've been <laughs> on the other side of it. I don't take it personally anymore. No, no. You know what I mean? You can't take it personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah which has actually done me a, a lot of good because, you know, you start getting in your head and thinking, oh, it must mean they hate me. They don't, uh, they don't hate you. They just lost it. They just think, you know, no, no, they, mind. they hate you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't get it twisted. Ben. No, ben, no, Ben, they hate you. <laughs> they hate you specifically. They don't hate me. They hate you. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a writing process when it comes to writing? What Do you have any kind of like way that it seems to happen? Yeah, honestly – memos like on your phone yeah sure i can't tell you how many songs i've started writing in a car like being yeah. stuck in traffic i hate traffic so much and uh yeah just putting on the voice memo and at least you get a rudimentary idea for a song more often than not i write um the instrumentation first and then i like write lyrics to match them or i have like a poem that i have been kicking around for a couple of yeah. years and i'm like this could work yeah but um yeah i really feel like just having a notepad on hand and in, in my case it's it's me battling my road rage with a voice memo. Yeah, you have any, yeah. any uh, stuck-in-traffic road rage songs? Yeah. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I was playing with a band in, in Pompano Beach, and um, the guitarist was kind enough to buy me a set of drumsticks. And if I'm not recording something on my phone, um, that steering wheel is like a full drum oh, ring. You cool. know what I'm talking about? I highly encourage you to get a set of drumsticks. Just oh, man. Cheap Vic Perts. 
My, <laughs> my, when my mum hears this, she's going to be terrified. I'm going to crash my car. So, mum, I'm not going to do that. I promise. No, no. <laughs> only when you're stationary. But it does mitigate stress for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so I just discovered that. So I got I got a smartwatch and it has a metronome on it, but also has voice memos on it. So I'm going to be Beauty. using that all the time. Man. Beauty, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I I'm so stoked that it has that. I'm going to be right. using that for all the time. I find that if you don't write it down, like it's gone. Right? Yeah. I mean, so many times I'm kicking myself. I'm like, man, I wish I just written that down. So. Oh, well, that's great. Like he has he has tons he has tons of of uh, voice memos and written things yeah. he's, he, you know he has things written in the memos and stuff in his phone and uh, you know like I, I came to him at one point with a with a song idea I'm like hey you know check out this chord progression whatever and then we played we noodled with it we brought it to James the other guy in the band and we noodled with it some more and then Ben's like yeah I have lyrics for that and he starts scrolling 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 go. scrolling and then bam lyrics yeah, <laughs> yeah. in yeah. fact we gotta get back on that now, yeah. now we've done the album it's time to start the new one so if you ever wanna just bust some yeah, chords over to me it's yeah, about man. time we did that yeah um, the other thing I wanted to ask it is do you practice your instrument much these days in terms of like you know traditional practice so do i put in like you know the hours and we were talking about sweeping earlier no i don't really do that but i have found that uh, my son really likes the sound of the banjo and he loves the sound of the piano so those are the two instruments that get the most play in the house now like just to kind of soothe the beast so to speak yeah (laughs) that counts as practicing that i guess i'm keeping my hours my son likes the banjo yeah, he loves the banjo. Everybody loves the banjo. That's I mean, true, on, I guess. Right? So, yeah, you can't yeah. like you can't play the banjo. And you be can't sad. not like the banjo. Yeah, yeah, real. that's true. So, I, I I sit at home and I play the banjo. I love good. the banjo. Except yeah, my yeah. wife, good. she doesn't like the banjo. <laughs> really, she's not human. So <laughs> <laughs> that has to be love one you, big on Hector's wife yeah, every episode. Uh, all right, so I think it's um, time to hear you play some of some of your tunes. Are you up for that? That sounds a good plan. Yeah, let's go. Cool. About to do it again. It's been a long time since the last time when I wrote the note I must have forgotten. Another letter never sent. I smell the roses in the railings. Not sure the road of all abandonment. Prodigal son in my inheritance Is worth every penny that I spent Reciting some tired old lines Some trite advice to ease my mind It's destiny The same way twice No need to try another time Am I about to do it again? If now I never win Am I about to do it again? If now I never win Oh, I've been broke down, but I'm one man I lost my appetite for violence The last of a dying breed of men Reciting some tired old lines Some trite advice to ease my mind It's destiny the same way twice No need to try another time to do it again If now I never win Am I about to do it again If now I never win Am I about to do it again
Trying to reconstruct an even and piece by piece with sinkholes. Swallow mama, swallow slopes and creases. It flares both, sparking like a press release. Two hands in your pocket, two sets of gold teeth. And Cobra ever just named for natural disasters. Go down, he's the asset investor. You can catch up to what follows thereafter. Two hands in your pocket, gold teeth. Dog laughed out of ever. You find yourself in love, big easy. Look after each other. You can't take it from me. Don't go do no favors For good-looking strangers And be careful of crooks With gold caps for teeth Well, the rumors are true About the French cardio Once they're welcome with each open out of the amber Up Bourbon Street Away to the morning Two hands in your pocket Gold teeth And moreover Reconcile your church You owe to yourself for the foolish mistakes that you put out your health Take it different one back to a different hotel Keep an eye locked down and if you forget Well, if ever you find yourself in love, big easy Look after each other, oh, you can't take it from me But don't go doing no favors For good-looking strangers And be careful of crooks With gold cast for teeth Doesn't it always down this way after 48 hours feeling tired and betrayed not out and into a face but it was I seen in the first place when I look out my window I can't see a thing except Lake Poncho train flowing under the wing and the paperwork's filed at least that something scored some brand new self digits and I intend to rain so get down my guard so that gives her gold teeth she giving me more than she taking from me when she lifting my billfold she makes a space free in my pocket well that number's resting safely if ever you find yourself in love easy look after each other oh you can't take it from me don't go doing no favors For good-looking strangers And be careful of crooks With God cares for tea Five Six One Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill it's a biker bar in Tequesta, and if you're driving up US 1, you come across it on the right-hand side. It's a, a little bar there. It's bright yellow. You can't miss it with the handlebars on, on the sign. And it has a long and storied history. It's been there. It used to be called Judy's, um, and it was run by this guy, Victor, who sadly passed this year, R.I.P. Victor. And uh, then my father-in-law took it over, and he's doing a great job up there. There is a bike night every second Thursday of the month, and there is a jam every fourth Sunday of the month, if you're interested in that kind of thing. It's just an all-inclusive, any, any kind of music, any style, any ability type of a jam. And there's great beers on tap, and they're wonderful food. Bernsey, the chef, does, does a fantastic job. Um, if you're interested in classic cars or classic bikes, there's always that kind of stuff hanging around there. It attracts that sort of a crowd because it's called Handlebars Bar and Grill, so it makes sense. And, um, yeah, you should come swing by. It's uh, it's definitely a local spot and has a lot of character. And there's people who have been going there for decades and decades. It's one of those places that's um, a part of the furniture in Tequesta. And you should definitely come check it out. I um, booked the music for the place and love doing it and um i was a part of helping set the place up and um i'm a huge fan and you should anyone who is interested in biker bars or even if you've just never been to one and you're curious about what a biker bar is about you should go and check out handlebars bar and grill we are also sponsored by oasis route now oasis route carver bar is in sea grape square on indian town road and it is a kava bar. If you don't know anything about kava, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water. And it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where, you know, that brings people together. Um, you all 
take a, a shell of kava and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel uh, uh, nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a kava bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house. It's pretty chill in there. Um, you get all sorts of different types of carver bars. Some of them are more like a club, you know, this sort of like black light and EDM playing. And some of them are more like a cafe. This is one of the cafe type of ones. It's it's super chill in there. If you're looking for somewhere to, I don't know, maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends, it's perfect for that kind of thing. There's a foosball table in there if that's your jam. Or baby foot, as they call it in France. And... Uh, yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there. All sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, We've run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really, the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, We are also a studio, a live stream venue, and we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, But outside of that, we can record albums. We can help you with your EPK. And we have full audio visual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. Thanks. We were just listening to an advert about Live Music Community, which is where we're sitting right now. And um, I think it would be nice if we asked you, do you have any advice for upcoming beginning musicians? Honestly, I think you said it best just a moment ago. Uh, You just have to keep your nose to the grindstone. Don't take things personally. You're going to encounter gatekeepers in the scene, whether it's a venue or another band. And you just can't be disheartened by that because what you want to express means so much more than what somebody else perceives of it. Sure. Yeah, you have to develop quite a thick skin. You yeah, know? yeah. And just mental tactics to kind of deal with rejection, you know. Right. Yeah. Or you're just really handsome and talented and everybody wants to book you all the time. Yeah, all that. Must yeah, be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I hate when that happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So can you tell us a little bit about what the two songs you played us were about? Great. So the first one that I played is called Again. Um, the single from Tread Lightly is called One by One. So this is actually the first time before the album comes out that anybody's heard again. Nice. Nice. Cool. World okay. premiere right World here on 561 Music. Well, <laughs> could we get into a little bit about what's going on in the lyrics? Of them? Sure. Uh, am I about to do it again? It's like one of those moments where you're, you know, face palm. Like, is this, you're like, for real? You know, oh, you yeah. know better. Yeah, and yeah. yet you find yourself, you know, going down the same path. Yeah. Um, I just, it's... Part of human nature, I sure, think. That's and everything sure. is a learning experience, <laughs> yeah, no right? Doubt about it. Exactly. So that's what I wrote the song about. Um, and then the second song is called "Big Easy," and I think to date that's probably my most popular song. It's from my self-titled release in 2018, and it's unfortunately a true story about the time that I got drugged and robbed in New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, Lord, I'm no. sorry. Yes. So oh, that's uh, again. I I always say terrible experience, but it's one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. So it's kind of like, you know, it's the debt that you pay to create something. Right? Yeah. I tell you what, um, I would say 
60 or 70 percent of people who go to New Orleans that either happens to them or they just do it to themselves because I've definitely spent a huge amount of money and taking drugs in New Orleans <laughs> and you're not the only one I would imagine <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. I, I, the weirdest thing happened to me one time when we were, I was there I was watching this guy playing right in a in some kind of Guns N' Roses style um, cover band and um, he just had this plate next to him and he was just hoovering up huge amounts of coke and then playing and playing and playing and then halfway through the gig this guy shows up gives him this big bag he hands over this huge wad of cash he just lays it all out carries on going and this was just on bourbon street no way in front of everyone wow. it was crazy i thought you were gonna say the craziest thing that happened to you there was that you uh, you drugged and mugged somebody and i was gonna go oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, well yeah. crap that was awkward <laughs> 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 i thought you looked familiar <laughs> That's hilarious. yeah um, yeah, cool. So you, you brought some gear in for us to take a look at. Let's why don't we um, have a look at this board here? What's can you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Sure. So you're starting on the right most side for your input, and then the output is the leftmost side um, from the loop pedal. So the right is a noise gate. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. I usually it, it, the most application it gets is in studio. I hardly ever play it live. The next one is a distortion pedal by Electro Harmonix, which I absolutely love. It's got this really nice shimmer oh. effect. Satisfy? Oh, no. Do I have to get one now? Here? Yeah, <laughs> I think you ought to. Electro Harmonix, by the way, great pedal oh, company. I've got, got a ton of them, yeah. My, the, the, uh, I use a freeze pedal by them, and I use it like every other song. And, yeah. yeah, yeah so helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm not using that for distortion, I'm using the little mini blacks the top red that's another distortion but it's a lot beefier so when i was um playing rhythm guitar and then lead guitar for this band in pompano i cracked that one out all the time cool um it gets a little bit dry i guess the signal so the right. bottom mini the is uh, just a standard reverb it's another i kind of like the mini because it's a little more you know you can swap them out for whatever you like yeah but it has a nice little shimmer i got it on uh shoot i forget where i got it but it wasn't expensive at all and then the last thing is the loop pedal. And for a solo gig, that's like, you know, my number one thing. Especially recently, I've been playing rhythm on the guitar, setting it in the stand, bringing uh, an old vintage Yamaha like synthesizer, cool. playing piano on that. And then, you know, at least it kind of sounds like a band a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So the loop pedal really helps, especially if you're playing two, two instruments at once. Tell me about it. That's how I do my solo gig as there well. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I use a looper. I got that. Boss RC six hundred with all the bells and whistles. I'm, yep. I'm having a lot of fun with that. And is that thing at the top there just a mixer? Just a mixer. Yeah. And d when when you is that how you mix it when you do solo? Because you have it down on the ground like that. Yeah. If I'm not using my PA, which has a mixer built right in, this one is for example at ER Bradley's. They their house sound doesn't have any other things, so you have to bring yeah. your own mixing board. In other places, uh, Square Grouper in Fort Pierce, I found that to be the case yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's helpful sometimes. But this is pretty much. Um, my rig as it stands. Yeah, nice. I've been doing that too. I when my solo gigs, I have my mixer down on the ground, like attached on a board. And mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it seems to work pretty good for me as well. Yeah, I know a lot of people have a, a problem with like the loop thing. You know, they think it doesn't have integrity. And I say, if you're just you know chucking rhythm down, and then you're maybe playing a lead on top, or you're playing piano on top of it, that's I don't think that's cheating. What I do think is cheating is when people do the layered vocals. If you're yeah, a solo guy, yeah, I feel like because yeah. there's no way that you and I can replicate that. Yeah, you have like a yeah. whole choir of people and like beautiful thirds and fifths harmonies. Come on. You know what it is for me? It's just, is it good or not? Okay. Like, it, like if, if someone's using a looper and it sucks, it sucks. If someone's using a looper and it sounds really awesome and they and they build it up in a clever way, I'm all about it. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's really the only, the, the only sort of thing i have with it is if you can't use a looper or if you're if it's literally propping up your entire set to the point where if you weren't using it you'd be terrible and you know then maybe it's a problem but right you know if it's adding to the music and making the music cool i don't you know it's fine a fair point in this digital age you know where we've got all these things at our disposal you know and if you can use them i say use them you know if you can do it well that's yeah. my opinion Best looper in Palm Beach County, by the way. Matt Brown, hands down, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude rules at yeah, the base yeah. and like the kids. So cool. Totally. So cool. And so, yes, I, I mean, do you know um, Ricky Balouf, Ricky Bobby? I'm not sure. You got to check him out. He's wild with his looper. Oh, cool. He, yeah, he's the Boss 505. Oh, wow. But he doesn't have the pedal attachment to it. So he's actually playing and then he lets go his guitar and he's like hitting switches and dials oh, and buttons. Man. It's crazy. That's sick. And he, and he just loads them in there like this. He, yeah. he'll, he'll go and then it's going. 
You know, like he doesn't like do, he doesn't have to go through the whole thing. He he just knocks it in like one at a time. It's, it's yeah, crazy. Like seconds. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I bought one of those five oh fives like months ago, still sitting in the box, and uh he every now and then he'll text me and threaten to like you know, you know, I'm I'm just gonna come over and teach you how to play it, and you know, teach yeah. you how to use it, and then one day I'll take him up on it. <laughs> yeah, he's had a lot of ego stroking in this episode. We were big enough his band at the beginning. He's the lead singer of that band, The Shake, as well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, shout out the Shake one yeah, more time. Exactly, <laughs> he, he deserves it. All those guys are great. They're really yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, cool. So, what have you got coming up in the pipes? Is there anything that we should know about the album on December 12th? Yeah. Yeah. It's the day after my birthday. Oh, yeah. oh cool. Yeah. cool. Yeah. We planned it that way, Hector. <laughs> I figured it was my birthday gift. Uh, thanks, Nate. Appreciate you got, it. You got it, man. Anytime. Are you going to do any um, shows to support it coming out? Yes, absolutely. Um, dates forthcoming, uh, but it looks like we're looking to do an album release party with a couple other people joining me on stage, actually, some secret guests. Oh, nice. Um, and so that- you're doing do it as a band? Yeah, at the very least, uh, it'll be a trio. Okay. Um, and that'll be fun. Uh, so that'll be at E.R. Bradley's, or it might be at uh, Steel Tie Spirits. Um, nice. So I, we were just in conversation like today. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I've spoken to them in the past. We've nev- never played. I w- we need to follow that one up at Steel Tie Spirits. Place. Both places, very nice. Yeah, very nice venues. Yeah. Now, are these uh, secret guests uh, like like locals, or are we talking like Sting's going to show up and like play with you? <laughs> now I have to call Sting and tell him not to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to blow the. Uh, <laughs> blow the... So, so this is a bit lame and lame, name droppy, but um, his kids went to my school, and my buddy Leo dated his his daughter and um, got to play. Um, classical guitar and lute duets with Sting whoa oh, man, that's a crazy that? coincidence because this one time I went to a Sting concert <laughs> <laughs> that's great well listen man it's been an absolute pleasure thanks yeah. so much for coming on we should probably say where we're we usually say where we're playing at the end of this that's yeah we're playing at Stringers in Stewart is that that's a new place for us I don't think yeah. we've played there before no I don't think we have yeah had, Stringers no. and Stewart on Friday yeah um, after Thanksgiving which is uh, tomorrow for us right now yesterday if you're listening to this episode <laughs> yeah yeah have, everyone have a ha, everyone have had a good ha, yeah ho- hopefully everyone had a good thanksgiving by the time to listen <laughs> yeah, to this yeah. um and then uh saturday we are playing at patty max our uh spiritual home patty, yeah. patty max and palmish gardens and james and i um are playing at square group in the afternoon from three to six okay you have any solos this weekend or no i'm gonna look um no you know what i'm doing is um I am recording with Joe um, from BFD, Butch and Fat Dudes. Oh, nice. And I'm recording his guitar parts on a Sunday. Very nice. So, yeah, awesome. and maybe some vocals too. We're going to be doing some rocking out, awesome. Joe and I. It'll be cool. Yeah. Well, Nate, we'll, we'll, put, uh, we'll make sure to put all the links and everything you sent us in the show notes so people know to where, fi- where to find you and where Thank to you. get your stuff and everything. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, to that album. Absolutely. Likewise. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah it yeah. sounds like it's going to be really cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody listening, uh, the usual, 561music.com. That's where you can find the uh, the episodes to listen to, to stream. That's where you can um, find our YouTube channel and, and kind of bounce off of that. That's where you can donate to us. That's where you can sponsor us. So 561music.com. All our socials are at 561 Music Podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I need more chains. I want to be like Mr. T. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so send us lots of money so I can give it all to Ben. <laughs> no, as we always say on here, it all and, goes back into the podcast yep. and to help us do the festival and everything yep. like that. If anything is donated, you can you can be absolutely 100% sure it's going towards this and to help promote music yep. in 561 and, and speaking of the festival, you know, Ben and I are starting to, uh, starting to look at the details as to who to put on this next festival and uh, hopefully by beginning of January we're going to make that announcement so that we can start pushing and doing pre-sale tickets. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. There yeah. it comes. Probably uh, probably do the it'll be at Matthews uh, April 1st. Yeah, man. Not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> and um, and uh, hopefully it'll be uh, I think we're going to shoot for the same thing, right? 20 bands again, alternating yeah. stages. Yeah, that yeah, worked yeah. out pretty well last time. No, Such a cool a, space, yeah, Matthews. Yeah, I think, I think that's what we're going to do again, so. Yeah, man. Yeah. So so look for that. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Yes. It's been a pleasure, Nate. Yes, and, uh, thank you very much. Thanks yeah, again. We'll see you we'll see you next time. Um peace out. Yeah. Peace out. <laughs>